ladies and gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome to Nerd Rant Live. I am your host, The Every Nerd, and it is time, time, it's finally that time for my very first solo episode in which we talk about shonen anime. Anime, as we are waiting both of my guests for today, um, it is... It's a beautiful day outside. I love it. I'm looking out my window at my lovely, lovely lake. It's got the sparklies all over the place. And I am really, really excited for today. We're talking about Shonen Jump. We're talking about Shonen Anime, how it's affected and influenced us. Um, so today, today, I have one of my very best friends in life and probably one of my very best friends personally for almost 10 years now. My friend Jordan Faye over there. We are waiting on our buddy Jeremy, also from the same high school. Um, and for some reason, it's not letting him. There he is. There. Oh. There he is. So we have both my old high school friends, longtime friends, um, Jordan Faye, aka Axel Blaze, and my old friend Jeremy Byington. How are you guys doing today? Great. Um, it's a beautiful Wednesday morning. Just. Uh, ready to talk about some anime in general. You know you're from Wisconsin when uh, one of the first things that you talk about is the weather. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Like Darian said, uh, it's, it is a gorgeous Wednesday morning. Blue skies, sunshine. Um, <laughs> other parts of the United States are not as fortunate with weather right now. So oh, God, I'm no. grateful in that regard. But, I guess so. Uh, that being said, but all of our and I hate I hate to say it because it's become such a cliche. Thoughts and prayers to people in Iowa dealing with all that crap down there. I hope everything works out and subsidized and everybody gets through it okay. All right, so let's start with let's start with Jeremy because I talked to Jer I talked to Jeremy very not as much, but I always enjoy getting his take on things. Jeremy, how did you get into shonen anime and anime in general? Um. Anime in general started probably, I want to say, first or second grade with the same that uh, everybody, I think everybody who grew up in our uh, in the 90s um, with Toonami. Because back when I was, um, back when I was a kid, obviously, we didn't really have access to the internet, let alone video streaming services at that time. So, you know, you get home from school, you turn on tsunami and yeah you see some of the american shows but i was never there for the american shows it's never really there for things like code lyoko even though it's a great show that um, one's french that one's french yeah i was toned in for um things like as funny as it is to say hamtaro or um like i will talk about again later Roroni kenshin yu yu Hakusho, um Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, even original Dragon Ball. Um, and it and I remember as a kid, it was never about what was going on in the story for me when I was watching it on Toonami. Because you always catch random episodes on Toonami. For me, it was always, oh my god, I get to watch this cool thing. Um, and then it was probably middle school when I discovered Shonen Jump. My first issue of Shonen Jump... Um, I remember very close, very clearly had um, one of the first chapters of Naruto in it. It had um, 
Yu-Gi-Oh, but when Yu-Gi-Oh was really weird and not just about the card game, or it was about um, practically murder games. But uh, I remember that Shonen Jump specifically um, really uh, introducing me to manga. And then I, for me, when I found out about mangas, when it essentially went downhill and I became a lifetime um, anime connoisseur and just um, ever since then it's been um, I'm reading a manga watching an anime anything like that sounds good sounds good Darren are you there Or is he getting? Oh no! Are we losing? Are we are we losing our host? What the heck? It says I'm still in here. The heck? Okay, (laughs) so you're still there. Okay, good. Okay, so it did a weird thing where they couldn't hear me. So um, let's go over to Jordan. All right, (laughs) best transition ever. I know. (laughs) Okay, so much like Jeremy, um, '90s kid, um, uh. (laughs) born in 92 um so i would be remiss not to mention on top of toonami uh fox kids four kids kids wb uh abc family um the fact that like it there was anime like all around in the 90s and it was spread out through other platforms but back then you didn't, you know, necessarily think, oh, this is, you know, anime. This is just another one of the cartoons that I watch. And it's not until, you know, you get to later years in elementary school, middle school, high school, where you start to, are, you're, you're finally made aware that uh, what you were watching as a kid wasn't necessarily all cartoons. Some of it was anime. Uh, some of it was stuff that was dubbed from Japan. Uh, and brought in front of American audiences. Um, And so that was something that I grew up on. It was uh, the the shows and whatnot that I would watch uh, before going to school in the morning, um, coming home after school, um, whatever I could watch, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, back when that was a thing. Um, Very sad that, you know, it's it's not what it was uh, back then. Um, and you know, that's, that's due in part to the changing media landscape and whatnot, but, um, much like Jeremy, um, I, you know, discovered Shonen Jump, uh, towards the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school, um, when somebody showed me, uh, Shonen Jump magazine for the first time. Um, and I will counter to Jeremy, uh, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, before the card games and whatnot, I argue is actually some of the more interesting stuff it before does. they had to generalize it. And they were like, we can market this. We can <laughs> merchandise this. And they merchandised the shit out of Yugi. <laughs> and they still do. Um, but I mean, that being said, um, that was, you know, that gateway. And all of a sudden, you know, it was a mix for me of watching anime and reading manga and for me it's always been a mix of both i'm definitely one of those people that uh you know you know 
the, the other people shake their head and it's just like, oh, he read the manga, so he already knows what happens in the anime. I know that feel. And, I know that feel. And that is the case across the board more often than not, um, because uh, especially going from high school to college um, was that transition period where all of a sudden I discovered that, oh my gosh, uh, there isn't just dub anime there is the original subbed anime, uh, the original Japanese voice actors and whatnot. And so, you know, back in the day of, you know, YouTube, of watching an episode split up into three segments on YouTube uh, to try and avoid copyright, uh, and then, you know, going on to sites like uh, Kiss Anime, rest in peace, um, along with Kiss Manga, um, before, you know, streaming platforms were a thing. Um, which, on a side tangent, was also high school when I discovered uh, Tokusatsu, and not just you know Power Rangers stateside. But um, yeah, and it, it's evolved ever since. Um, I'm very thankful that right now we're in a a world where uh, anime and manga are so much more accessible than they used to be, um, especially in terms of Shonen Jump. So. Um, it, it is no exaggeration to say that uh, anime and manga have had one of the deepest impacts on my life and continues to have one uh, as I wait for maybe one of my uh, new manga series to update today. Can't remember if it's today or... Oh, no, it's tomorrow. Oh, well, we're good. <laughs> All right, so I'm praying to God you guys can hear me. So please, yep. please stop me if you... Okay, so I got into anime and manga the same way Jordan did with... Um, more so the Fox Kids until Kids WB started, because, like, I was on the Fox Kids side of things, because at that time when you're a kid, you kind of just kind of drew stupid lines. It's like, you can't like Kids WB, and you can't like Fox Kids. You can't like both. You can't do that. It's like, and as, like, Jordan and Jeremy, to, like, a little extent, got into anime because of Digimon, to an extent. And I remember, like, all my friends liking Digimon one week, and then the next week, they were like, no, no, you're not allowed to like Pokemon and Digimon. You have to like one. So I had to become a closet Digimon fan for like the next 10 years. And it was, it was so, it was great because I got to enjoy Digimon to myself and not really like have to deal with anybody's like criticism of it. But it kind of sucked because it was kind of lonely. But I remember how I got into manga and Shonen Jump because I remember there's two stories. A, I got sent to the principal's office at, um, Parkview from when I went to middle school. So when I went there, um, I remember I got sent to the principal's office and I was sitting right next to the lost and found. And if Jordan and Jeremy remember Parkview, they'll know we're like right where I'm talking about. And yeah, right. I hated that office. Same, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have been in it so much. But anyway, so I'm sitting right next to lost and found and I look down and I see this, this weird book that's in like the style, what, like, Digimon and like Dragon Ball Z was like, and it's called King of Hell. It's not even a manga, it's a manhwa from Korea. And who the heck snuck King of Hell into Parkview Middle School? <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just sitting there looking at it. I'm like, I'm just going to take it. And I just started reading it. And I just started reading it. And I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. I love this. Um, and I read that, and I'm just like, I guess I'm keeping it now, and just walked out of there, even though it didn't belong to me. 
because, you know, Darren was not the most honest human being back then. But anyway, um, after that, I remember like there were two other instances that I encountered manga. I encountered Ravemaster when we were shopping at Barnes and Noble on a random Tuesday, Tuesday with my mom. And I'm like, what is this? And Ravemaster just made me go, oh my God, this is amazing. And I've been in love with Hiro Mashima ever since. And then one day my nephew came to visit me and I was asleep. He took like, you remember like how thick Shonen Jump was back in the day when they were selling them at like um, supermarkets. He walked into my room and dumped it on my chest and woke me out of a dead sleep. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's this? This is cool. <laughs> Uh, and it had Naruto on it, and I remember my mom got me a subscription, even though it was absurdly expen- expensive, for about a year. And I read, Sh- and I've been a fan of Shonen Jump and Shonen anime ever since. So, yeah. So that's how I got introduced to um, Shonen anime, and Shonen anime has been like, I think that's honestly how me and Jeremy and Jordan all became friends. Now I think about it, because I remember. The- the outdoor video playing that we all did in uh in yeah. high school. Don't don't, yeah. don't discount the the underground Yu-Gi-Oh ring that happened <laughs> on the, the theater stage in the morning before school started before they cracked down on that. We, the way we all we all really got to know each other could be in an anime of itself. Um with <laughs> with I'd watch it. I'd watch it. The underground Yu-Gi-Oh scene that we had running running throughout the the school with the with the the games club jordan president arc where everything went wrong <laughs> everything went wrong and like that was that was when darian hated me because i threw my hat into the ring for a presidency that i had no part uh, i should have had no part in taking because of how busy i was and then but, I but y'all should have heard this charisma. fucking speech I was so charismatic. I rolled a nat 20 on that. Oh my god. Um, I do want to interject real quick, um, because I completely forgot to mention, since you mentioned Barnes & Noble, um, it made me think of, you know, like Walden Books and uh, Borders, too. Oh, yeah. Which were staples of the Southridge area. Um, And that was another part of my childhood, too, was... uh, literally going to Walden Books or Barnes and Noble or Borders and just sitting there for like an hour while my, my parents shopped uh, just so I could read manga for free, even though that's not how you're supposed to do it. Oh, uh, but yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, you got something? Oh, no, I'm just, I'm agreeing with Jordan. I was, I was a definite, um, we go to the, go to the mall and sister wants to go shop for clothes and go all the stores. I was like, you can plant me right here. And I'm lucky enough that the Barnes Noble we went to always had a bench right next to the manga section. (laughs) (laughs) Just grab manga and just read. I think I read um, the first time I was introduced to uh, Rave Master. I think I read the first volume in one sitting as a kid at Barnes Noble. Um, and then, so I was, I was a bad shopper. Obviously, you know, you're a kid, but it was a bad shopper. I would read one manga and go, okay, I read this one. Let's buy a different one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So, that's how it was. Yep. 
<laughs> oh god, what a terrible thing. Um, but I only got the first four volumes of Raid Master. Now that I'm thinking about it, but um, yeah, I've been a fan of Hiro Mashima's ever since Raid Master, and I don't think that's an underrated title nowadays. But it's weird because back in the day, that was a hot selling manga. Don't even get me started on how underrated Rave Master is. That's a video for another day. That's a uh, that's a video for another another day. But um, I, yeah, I still got... hold that his that Rave Master is his best work, uh, to date. Um, yeah, but right. uh, Eden Zero, um, Eden Zero could be better. Eden's well, we're I'm gonna leave the jury out on Eden Zero, and I will talk about Eden Zero for days, for days, and um. On another video, also, another video. thanks a lot, Kiss Manga. Now I have to start paying for my chapters. But anyways, um, so let's get into some of our favorite Shonen Jump series. Now, obviously, the biggest Shonen Jump series of all times is probably Dragon Ball. And I know that all three of us have unique experiences with Dragon Ball slash Dragon Ball Z. So here's the ultimate question, though. Were you guys exposed to Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z first? Well, it was Dragon Ball Z. Toonami aired Dragon Ball Z first, and then because of the reception for Dragon Ball Z, then they decided to dub Dragon Ball afterwards. So they did it in reverse. And then, Jer? Yeah, so um, obviously Dragon Ball Z, I want to say, was my first um, introduction to the series in general. Um and as hard as this is to say, knowing now how big of a Dragon Ball Z uh, and a Kira Toriyama fan that I am now, as a kid, I just didn't get exposed to it enough to actually appreciate it as much as I did. So I can honestly say, yes, I was exposed to Dragon Ball Z first, but when Dragon Ball was coming out in the West, um, I followed it religiously. Um, I will say that, like, in terms of of Dragon Ball, or Dragon Ball Z, GT, and Super, I will say that Dragon Ball is actually my favorite out of all of them. Because, and I'm not trying to be cool and say, like, no, the original is better. It's just, like, I always liked watching Goku grow naturally. Because in Dragon Ball Z, it's just kind of like, let's escalate everything to the max every freaking saga. Every time. Whereas... In Dragon Ball, it's much more gradual, and not to mention, Goku could still lose when he was a kid. Yeah, and it didn't feel like he lost much when he was an adult. Yeah. Well, it's, I always tell people, um, who do you like as a character better? Do you like Goku as a character, or do you like Gohan as a character? Because every season of Dragon Ball Z revolves around um, what's going on with Gohan. Where is Gohan placed in the story at that moment in time? Even though in the Frieza arc, not so much. Um, but, and then if you look at Dragon Ball, obviously it is it's very easy to say Goku is definitely the number one star in that show. Um, and I think that's why I fell in love with Dragon Ball since a little bit more because as much as people give Goku crap as a character in Dragon Ball Z... His character in Dragon Ball is so entertaining that mm-hmm. as for any kid, you see that character and automatically you wanted to be like him. You wanted to be the carefree, 
badass, strong kid. And then you see him grow into a teenager and um, he, he was definitely a role. He was more of a role model for, for me. And I think other people in Dragon Ball than in Dragon Ball Z, where he is just kind of this absentee, single-minded badass, um, you know, so I, but as much as I, as much as I love all of Akira Toriyama's work, I do have to say, I, I don't like GT, but then again, GT is not Akira Toriyama's not his work. work. Yeah, that's so. not his work. <laughs> um, uh, Dragon Ball Z, still to me to this day because i love gohan as a character um i think will always be the number one in my mind all right jordan for you so uh i i first want to say i i do think it's kind of funny thinking about this in hindsight how dragon ball and Yu-Gi-Oh are the two series that have managed to make the tournament arc happen more than once <laughs> because uh for most series that's a trope that only happens once and then when you think about it dragon ball and Yu-Gi-Oh have just had tournament after tournament after tournament after tournament and that's uh it's not a bad thing it's is one of those things where uh, especially with dragon ball not dragon ball z they mastered the art of the tournament arc and a lot of Goku's growth as a character happened in those tournament arcs uh, in Dragon Ball, where, like Jeremy said, it made it interesting when the main character didn't win all the time. Like, Goku would win, like, in any other, for the most part, arc in the series when they weren't doing uh, one of the tournament arcs. Um so like we we still got to see is like yeah the main character wins over the bad guys but when we get to the tournament arcs it's just like oh like he's not as strong as these other people and then he works harder to become stronger than them um prior to you know with dragon ball z and then subsequently dragon ball super where power levels became bullshit um and that was it's one of those unfortunate things where the longer you go on with a series the the worse the power scaling gets um and to the point of you know dragon ball versus dragon ball z um one of the nice things about it is that especially earlier on you know side characters mattered more um compared to dragon ball z where like jeremy said it became the the goku and gohan show and I will say here that that didn't stop me from enjoying any part of the series other than, uh, other than Dragon Ball Z, GT, um, which we already discussed wasn't even uh, an, a, a, uh, I can't even talk oh, yeah. this morning, geez, an Akira Toriyama uh, technically written series. Um, so, like, it, but it definitely felt better earlier on when you know the stakes weren't necessarily as high where all of a sudden literally any fight could end up destroying the world or destroying the galaxy or destroying an entire universe um but there were still moments here and there where um things were good Um, i will argue that with uh dragon ball super 
um, the Tournament of Power arc, it was a nice nod to part of the origins of the series with, you know, yeah. a giant tournament arc. Um, and I, I'm a little sad that we'll probably never get back to the days of early Dragon Ball. Um, that's just how the, the series has evolved over time. Um, but it is, uh, it, it still is a great series. It will be forever remembered um, in the history of time as one of the most influential series of all time. Um, although I will argue it is not number one, um, but I will get to that later on in the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Dragon Ball Z, obviously, Dragon Ball Z, and I definitely want to touch upon Yu-Gi-Oh! because Yu-Gi-Oh! is so important to Shonen Jump in its own niche way. Um, but Dragon Ball Z GT, to make a little note, I've always said the most entertaining thing to me about GT was Pan because we never got to see a female character on that type of level before in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, and seeing Pan, and I, I'm, I, I love that version of Pan. And it's the only thing that makes me sad about GT is we'll never get to see that Pan again. Um, but in Super, that's 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 definitely changed things now. So with all the new characters that we have, um, but let's go over to let's go over to let's go over to like past Shonen Jump and past Shonen anime with like Yu Yu Hakusho and Rurouni Kenshin. Um, and I think we have, I know the biggest Roni Kenshin fan here is probably my buddy Jeremy over there. Oh, that's not a question. <laughs> that is what? a fact. Um, yeah. So Roni Kenshin, it just, it, it, it has this place in my heart that, um, I, you, you can ask, you can ask anybody that knows that knew me in high school that knew not even high school, even in middle school. Um, I was a shill for that red scar and that dark red hair. Um, because it, it, to me, it was my first glimpse into what, what was Japanese history. Um, I loved, like obviously, you know, we're not we're not looking at a real representation. Of, oh God, no. Um, but his, in this is where I can say, um, I have more experience. This is one of the only times I can say I have more experience with the manga than I do the anime. The manga was the first um, ever series that I picked up. Then I said, I want to buy and collect all of these. And um, so when when it was arriving on Toonami, I was actually lucky enough to catch it right in the beginning. When it was, Toonami said, brand new anime um, in the mid-90s. And uh, I was able to watch the first episode right away and fell in love with it instantly. Um, the, in my opinion, it has some of the best character arcs in all of anime that I, all in all of shonen anime that I can think of. Um, I agree. The, the villains are flushed out and none of them ever go away for good. It's always, um, 
they're always coming back. Even if you look at um, the, uh, I'm having a brain fart, or the Kyoto arc, um, you see, you see everything in the past conglomerating in one moment. And I think Shonen took that, um, took that theory and ran with it. it. It's not the only the only Shonen anime to do something like that. Um, but it definitely, I feel like it's the most successful in taking in the past, especially since um, if you look at Roni Kenshin, you have to talk about Samurai X um, as, as two different heads of the dragon that they are. Samurai X was just a prelude to this, what was um, essentially anime made for uh, teenagers and Samurai X, his, you know, Kenshin's past was definitely adult oriented, very adult oriented and came much later. Um, but again, another, another aspect of the anime that reaches into the past. Um, so for me, I think I, in my collection of the Roni Kenshin manga lasted, I, it started in elementary school and I didn't finish buying the manga until I was graduated from high school. Um, so it's an accomplishment to finish manga at all. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at that time. Yeah. It's definitely a big, um, it was a big, it, it was big. Um, I'm talking too much. So I'm having brain farts here, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. The, in, I think as a kid, it was the first anime that I watched. This is going to sound funny, um, but it was the first anime that I watched that I wasn't embarrassed to try and talk about. Um, I, oh, no. That that makes perfect sense. Yeah, like when you watch Sailor Moon, you don't really want to talk about it. But I remember when Roni Kenshin was coming out, I would run downstairs and go, Dad, that show about Japan's history is on. I really want you to watch it with me. And so, um, I remember I got my sister into it. I got my, my friends into it. I think he, and it was the, the first, the first anime for me that put a good spin on my, this hero doesn't want to hurt people. And you have that with the reverse blade sword and his style and his technique of fighting throughout the entire show that made it interesting was you weren't watching this anime to go, how is he going to defeat this villain? It was, how is he going to change this villain's mind and keep them um, as an ally later down the road? So, I, I and I've been ranting. I, like I said, I could rant about Roni Kenshin all day, so... I wanted somebody to talk about it, and I'm glad that you're able to do that for me. Yeah. Um, so, hey, Jordan, since you're like the aficionado of uh, Shonen Jump, what are some of your favorite, like, from that era, like the early, like, the late 2000s era of, of Shonen Jump? What are some of your favorites? Oh, my gosh. Uh, there, are, there are so many. Name them all. Name as many uh, as you can. Uh, definitely Yu Yu Hakusho was definitely one of the the top ones um you know before hunter hunter was a thing um that was uh definitely great um obviously Yu-Gi-Oh was another one of them um 
before our podcast, you brought up Hikaru no Go, and I'm just like, I hate that series, even though I read all of it. I can't um, stick Hikaru no Go either. <laughs> The worst part of that one is that it never finished. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. really the, the ultimate slap in the face there. Um, other than that, um, one of my one of my favorite ones that I have read multiple times. Um, I still have it, or I managed to buy it for my bookshelf later on. Which, uh, for the record, um, I'm over four hundred. Uh, books of manga and light novels in my collection Damn! at this point. So, yeah, I've I've been very adamant about this. But uh, Buso Rankin, uh, Buso Rankin was one of my favorites back in the day. Um, it, one of the that ones... is one of my f- super favorite manga from Shonen Jump. Yeah, yeah, that one was fantastic. And the big reason why I got into it is because um, our McGuanago Library actually had in the in the very tiny corner of the the teen section uh they had like a single bookshelf of manga and whatnot and that was one of the ones that they had uh along with ranma uh one half um or ranma half or however it's pronounced um which that was uh not shown in jump uh but that was uh you know just the the guilty pleasure it's like oh nobody knows that there's actually boobs in this manga yeah i can get away with reading it um so the the fact that i would get to just i would rent it from the library bring it home and my family was like none the wiser i was just like (laughs) (laughs) um you weren't the only one Oh, I'm aware. The library to see manga boo. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I'm very well aware. I'm very well aware. And and anyone that was a person of culture knew about that corner and the books that were there. Um, but no. Uh, back to Buso Rankin. Uh, that was hands down one of my you know favorite series back then. Um, just because uh, there was a lot. Um, a lot happening in the the span of ten volumes. Um, there was action. Um, there was heartbreak. Um, there was an actual protagonist, female protagonist relationship that actually developed and happened <laughs> compared to so many other series where they where you just like, sit. They allude to it and nothing happens. Or they just randomly slap it at like the final one or two chapters, and it's like, here's your pairings. Some of them might not be what you wanted. Cough, cough, bleach. Um, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Uh, which I mean, that was another one uh, at the time, um, like early two thousands. That was when you know Bleach and Naruto um, were just starting out, um, and that was their prime. Uh, and they I, took over. Oh, they did. Uh, and One Piece on top of it, like they are known in the West as the big three, um, which I, I I know Bleach was big in Japan. I don't know. Uh, my history isn't the what it should be on Japan's um, Shonen Jump and whatnot. No, I, it was. It's very. I think Bleach's reception, even in America, was very much the same. Um, of course, America with a lesser thing. But then again, it's like, I think it always went like this. Naruto at the top, Bleach at a close second, and then One Piece at the bottom in America. 
Whereas it was right. very much the reverse in Japan, where yep. it was one piece at the top, Naruto second, Bleach at the at the at the third. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it's all because of uh you know how we were exposed to those series in the west through their anime because for the most part most people were exposed to those series through anime rather than the manga yes yeah. there were people that did read them um but you got to consider like the way that we were exposed to them one piece we were first exposed to it through the four kids dub uh which for Fox, better Fox. or worse either you know put people onto the series or put people off on it um and with bleach and naruto you had both of those on toonami and with actually remember bleach was adult swim correct but it was part of the toonami block of adult swim so that's yeah that's kind of the caveat there yes naruto was part of toonami it was part of the saturday um like cartoon network going into adult swim yeah um but yes and and for that reason we got with the naruto dub it was you know still heavily edited compared to uh what the japanese version was whereas with bleach there was no editing we got well other than you know the english script um but like we got full bleach compared to naruto or one piece so i think that was definitely what affected the perception people had of those series in the west compared to the east yeah and it's i look over like at that time period it's like the second that um the fox box just ended and just kind of died for like a half it died for like a half second if you guys remember correctly um it died and then, like, 4kids.tv slowly just kind of disappeared and started doing it on Sundays. And then just kind of left its dirty history behind it. Um, but let's move over now that, like, oh, we go... Wait, before we do, before we do, I just remembered. Yeah, go ahead. I'm so dumb for not. Uh, Shaman King. That was another ah. huge one. Oh, no, Shaman I'm going to get into that. Huge... I'm going to get into that later because that's something because I want to get into like the revivals that we're getting in like the next year or so. So but we'll save that for towards the end of this. But um, sounds good. But one of the things I wanted to mention was um, and I'm sorry, I'm not having a brain fart about what I was going to talk about. Um, but let's get over to Naruto. Since we're talking big three, let's go over to Naruto and how influential that was at the time as an anime fan. Like. I remember when Toonami aired Naruto all 100 episodes of the anime of that time for an entire day. And I remember, like, it led up to the um, Rock Lee, seeing Rock Lee for the first time ever since he'd been hurt. Yeah, And that's how they ended it. The drunken fist moment. Yeah. Yep. Even though in the West it wasn't... uh... It wasn't, it wasn't drunken. the drunken fist. It was the power potion, yep. uh, or <laughs> like a in the anime, it was like a bonbon or something. But yeah, yeah. Because and the only reason why I know this is the uh, the Naruto manga through the Shonen Jump app has the Viz translations of the manga. They called it power potion, and I just can't help but just shake my head. <laughs> yeah. He's not getting drunk, kids. He's drinking a power potion. What's in the power potion? Um, 
adult juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, um, but um, one of the things I want to I, I remember distinctly from Naruto, and I don't know, I don't remember if Jer- Jeremy was there. It was like Anime Milwaukee, like one weekend. And it's like Neji died over that weekend, and the entire con knew, and everybody was in like a somber state for it. And I remember just like, "What the hell?" Everybody's like, "I think one guy's like, what's going on?" Neji died, and that's that's just the impact of Naruto over in the states. Yep. It's probably the most. I honestly will say this in terms of modern fandom, probably the most popular anime in the states that even like mainstream celebrities will talk about. Like not many, not many mainstream celebrities will talk would talk about Dragon Ball Z when it was hot, but more mainstream celebrities are talking about Naruto. More importantly, Naruto. Naruto. I mean, Good. we had a Packers player um, who cosplayed as the Raikage, yep. and yeah. his yep. brother was Killer B. Like, yep. yeah, I remember that. That was the dopest day ever. Because like, I remember some guy was giving me shit. And he was like a super, super f- basketball guy, uh, or not basketball, football guy. And I'm like, yeah, one of your boys, one of our, one of your boys from fucking the Green Bay Packers reads Naruto. Fuck you. Yeah, Mike Daniels. Now I remember. Oh, well, but, when he did play for us. But, Sad um, that he had to go. But. Do you guys want to talk about how important Naruto was to you guys? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess for me, Naruto was the introduction to um reading manga on a weekly basis as as it was coming from Japan back in the um, early 2010 era when the translations were not so great. If you remember, um, the waiting, you know the chapter come out on a Tuesday and you know you'd probably see the translation by Wednesday morning. Um I think that in for me that was Naruto. I I read Naruto every week for uh oh god my entire high school career. Um it well, almost think about that though. That's the closest thing you get to like the reading version of Saturday morning or like Tuesday morning in this yeah. case morning cartoons. Yeah. It's a part of your week. Yeah, I in in the one the one time I miss it is um, the the week we the week I hadn't read it yet. We go to a Yu Gi Oh tournament in uh, in one of the neighboring towns, and this this whole place is packed full with people playing Yu Gi Oh. And some big dude walks in and goes, "Everybody, shut up! Everybody, shut up!" And then he goes, "Take a moment of silence for Neji." And in my head, I'm like, "Who the fuck is he talking about?" And then I'm like. Oh shit! <laughs> wow. Oh my god! Uh, but, oh, and it, which which is okay because it is in itself was an awesome moment. But um, going back to talk about Naruto, you you have to talk about its influence on the West when it wasn't televised. Um, as an anime, it was it was televised in the states but very little compared to things like Dragon Ball Z, things like Bleach, that Bleach had a dedicated block for years on Adult Swim, 
where Naruto was bounced around from network to network. I remember Shippuden was on Disney XD for a little while. I, I oh remember when they had that jump, and I was so goddamn pissed. And it led to me not actually watching or reading Shippuden for a number of years because I couldn't get access to it. And then I eventually got digital cable, only to what have happened? Shippuden get pulled off Disney. Yeah, I was pissed. I was just like... <laughs> I remember seeing that Shippuden was on Disney XD, and my first thought was, oh, that's not going to last very long. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that's going to last very long. Um, in, in, in talking about it in general, um, what, what I love most about Naruto is the fact that it was so popular in the West, yet it had so little national airtime. Um, Everybody was following. It, it was a boom of, you know what? If they're not going to give us the anime we want, we're going to take it. And we yeah. found we found ways, um, you know, not perfectly legal ways, but uh -huh. ways to to follow. I'll get, I'll get into that on my side of things. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's. that's my opinion on Naruto, I think it, it it definitely it was interesting to be a fan of. It's in a, in America at least. All right, Jordan, on to you. All right, so Naruto perfectly uh, encapsulates my tr uh, progression from uh, you know Western viewing slash reading to uh, Eastern viewing slash reading um, because um, like many I started out with watching Naruto through the uh, through the tsunami block on Cartoon Network the one during the day well not day uh, early evening yep. um, and that's how I started um, watching dub Naruto and in high school um, was the time and during high school this was when um studio piero was doing the like three seasons of filler for naruto because of the time skip um which <laughs> i'm just like kind of dreading the fact that that's probably going to happen to black clover right now but i digress yeah. um with so during that period of time was when i stopped watching naruto for hot minute um because i was just like ah a lot of this stuff is just kind of boring so compared to some people who were you know just trudging along with the anime filler i found out um that shippuden was already happening in japan um the anime was already post time skip and i was just like oh my gosh this looks so cool. Naruto is suddenly older. And so that was the period of time that I started watching the, and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, the YouTube videos where any given episode was broken up into three pieces and you had to watch <laughs> all three pieces uh, in order to watch a full episode. And I would watch it in the high school drama club room's computer where somebody <laughs> had access to YouTube and I would just watch it uh, while we were doing rehearsals or whatnot. And I was just like, oh, I have downtime right now. I'm going to watch 
Naruto. You guys um, have no clue how envious of you I was of you guys being in drama because I'm like I keep hearing stories from everybody about how dope it was to be in that thing because all of you are just weebs. A lot well, of us. Some of us were weebs, not all of us. It sounded uh, like most of you were. That's a that's a different conversation in and of itself, which I won't get into. Um, but so that was where I was for a, a good period of time was I was watching um, the YouTube videos until they kind of stopped. Um, there was a brief period of time where I watched episodes of Naruto on uh, Viz's website because they had the subbed episodes on there that you could watch for free. Um, a few episodes that I would watch on, you know, other uh, not legal streaming sites. Um but once I was fully caught up, I was just like, oh, I'm fully caught up. Wait, there's a manga. <laughs> that was when I found out that the manga was further ahead than the anime. And then I started reading the manga. So there's this just full progression of me starting from the Western dub, making it all the way to the Naruto manga as it releases in Japan. Um, and for me, that was how I finished the series. I finished by reading it, um, especially since the Naruto anime didn't finish until uh, years later. Years. That's also because of how much filler that they had. And towards the end of it, they also adapted the light novels into anime. Um, and I did go back and watch those, and I appreciate that, and I still cry over the moment where Naruto asks Iruka-sensei to uh, act as his father in his wedding, and I I will cry as a grown-ass adult every time <laughs> I see that, because it's one of those just, like, beautiful, like, heart... One of those happy cry moments, which you don't yeah. always get that. Um, yeah, but that um, was mine. Um, so, no, it, so um it it was also one of the the first series that i had a closet cosplay um i for the the uh, 2010 anime milwaukee when that was still at the university of milwaukee uh i had closet cosplays of tristan from Yu-Gi-Oh, uh and then a very last minute closet cosplay of sai uh which i i both I and happy and regret at the same time. <laughs> yep. Um, um, yeah, I, I just right. I love it. So while we're on Naruto, because I want to get to One Piece very soon. Um, speaking of Naruto and Bleach, both had quote unquote, and I say quote unquote, controversial endings. How did you both, and let's try to keep it as brief as possible. How did you both feel about um, the endings to Bleach and Naruto in manga, in the manga sense of things. And yes, people, there's a fucking spoiler alert, so you can skip past this, please. The Bleach manga has been, both of them have been over for years, but uh, uh, my two cents, Bleach's manga, the ending sucked. Just, I'm sorry. It, like, it was one of those things where uh, Kubo was just like, uh, Ichigo Kurosaki is everything in the kitchen sink, uh, and here's a lot of uh, characters that have a bunch of potential, and I'm just gonna let that go nowhere. Um, so that's, that's just kind of my two cents on Bleach. Uh, it, as much as it pains me to say it, it should have ended after uh, the Eisen arc was over. That was when it was at its peak. Um, yeah. But that's what it is. Um, I'm happy that it's gonna get an anime adaptation, but I have the same feelings 
for the ending as I do with Shokugeki no Soma, in that <laughs> the final arc is just hot garbage. But um, as for Naruto, um, yeah, like I'm I'm happy with how Naruto ended um, overall. Um, I'm uh, Boruto like as a continuation, like take it or leave it. But like if you just look at Naruto as a whole, it was good. Um, were there parts that dragged? Were there you know people that were that had potential that just ended up nowhere yeah um i i will forever be salty that shino was just so underutilized despite the fact that he was arguably one of the most powerful ninjas that they had um but the only gripe that i really have with naruto's ending is how they just uh shoehorned kaguya in there toward the end yeah uh, it, yep. it was just one of those things where it's just like wait, Madara isn't, like, the, the ultimate ben. villain. He's the penultimate villain? It's, it's like, all of a sudden, you're just shown this super powerful enemy that it, it just, you, so many conflicted feelings. It's just, like, there's, there's no attachment to this character. They've had, like, very small nods and whatnot to this character kind of towards the end but otherwise she was like a big unknown um and it just it derailed the ending a bit it wasn't enough to you know give naruto a bad ending because they had the naruto sasuke fight be the true end and that was that was good but that whole kaguya thing just really it, it did not work um so I, in in comparison to today, um, I will say I think Black Clover definitely learned from Naruto's mistakes with Kaguya, because um, the end of their elf revival arc uh, with the demon um, was the perfect way to introduce uh, an overpowered character that actually had influence all the way up to that point, compared to what we got with Kaguya and Naruto. Alright. That wasn't very brief, but I'll I'll still take it. Alright, um Jer. Um so I gotta be honest, I, I fell off of the bleach manga somewhere in high school. Um I, right, did... um I don't know. I think that I remember when it dropped. I, I I'm sorry if I brought it up and you didn't know what it was, but no, I no. think I remember like when it ended, I think that you said something on my timeline or something about it. Yeah, I paid attention. I didn't read it, but I paid attention to it. I um, I mostly pay attention to the fan backlash um, that happened with Bleach. I think Bleach is such an interesting monster to tackle because you could tell that after the original arc of saving Rukia, Taite Kubo really had a problem with continuing to write the anime. Or the oh, yeah. Um, he in essentially it became down to his team, and that's where you see a huge art style switch. You see a major like you see so many lapses of Ichigo's power and just power in general that it became a hard manga to to digest. But I think now as a whole, now that it could be the whole thing 
in my opinion, it, it, it was it has always been better as an anime, which is upsetting to know that the final season it took this long to to come out. Um, I mean that that's my opinion on Bleach. It's hard to have an opinion on Bleach nowadays, just because, like I said, it was bounced around so much. Um, as a manga, the now the ending of Naruto is so. There's so many problems with it. There's so many moments that they're just like, you did all these bad things, but you can go now. Like, we're just going <laughs> to let you go. Like, I'm like, no. The moment the moment in Naruto where Shikamaru and the other, um, the other Junins sit down and they go, yeah, no, Sasuke is a bad guy. And... He needs to be stopped. Was my most prideful moment in in Naruto because I was like, "Yes, thank finally you. somebody said it." He's destroying nations. Somebody go out there and just end him. And unfortunately, it doesn't go anywhere because the whole relationship between Naruto and Sasuke is so important to um to the anime in a whole that they didn't they it, they just they kind of let things slide. Now, the great ninja arc, the great ninja war was in my mind, it was a great way to end Naruto. Um, you get, you get a showcase of all of these ninjas and how great they can be. You get a showcase of what the past could be and, but it unfortunately it fell in the same thing like Jordan said, where you he couldn't he couldn't figure out how to end these these villains. And it turned out we got Kaguya and Kaguya was just boring. The the whole thing was just boring. So you know but unfortunately this this is a, a symptom of anime. Something that lasts so long is going to have trouble ending no matter what. Because you have power creep, you have um can't really develop any more characters because the, there are so many characters as is that it, it Naruto was destined to have um not an anticlimactic ending ending, but an ending that wasn't going to appease to everybody. And that's, uh, but Naruto, in in an end, the last arc, to me, I thought was great. I thought the Great Ninja War was a great idea. Um, Yeah. I think uh, you bring up an interesting point of, you know, I I think this is definitely a sign of how manga used to be compared to what it is now. um, Where if a series is popular, they want it to continue as long as possible. And for certain creators like they're not able to unless you have an ending in mind that is able to adapt to however long the series runs that can become an issue whereas compared to today there are a lot of manga where the authors kind of have it planned out where they want to end things um i think demon slayer is a perfect example of that considering the fact that the with how the anime 
made it so popular and the manga sales were absolutely insane despite that the author had already intended on ending it where he wanted to end it um mm. and whether you know shonen jump wanted that or not um that's what happened and i think more artists depending on whether or not you know your series makes it past the 14 to 20 chapters before uh, getting an axe for not being interesting enough uh, for the ones that actually make it and last um, I think a lot more of them are given that freedom to kind of pick and choose how they want to end things um, compared to how they were in the past because um, yeah. like you said with uh, Bleach the interest wasn't there with Kubo so it's just like and that showed but it was so popular that they had to continue it um, yeah. Same with like uh, Shokugeki no Soma. Um, I think yeah. that was another one too, where it was just like it should have ended here, but they pushed it a little bit past and then had the worst arc at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say that like in terms of Demon Slayer, I think everybody was expecting it, expecting it to go on for just about the same length of time because it looked like that kind of manga slash anime. Like it could go on for like ten years and nobody would care, but like. But it didn't. I think everybody was shocked. Like they woke up that one morning a couple months back, and they're like, "Yeah, it's ending soon." And I was like, "What? What already? What you can't yep. do that?" Yep. And then like, I don't know. Like the thing about like with me, because a lot of people get caught up in the ships in terms of like these shows, and I am most notably pissed about both Naruto and Bleach. I just well, like, Naruto, but go on. I Naruto's okay. No, I agree with every other ship except one, except one, and it yes, it is Sakura Sasuke. But like now, reading more of Boruto, I've become more okay with it. Become more okay with it as time has gone on. That being said, like Bleach's, I was looked at it as like he's got two great options in Orihime and Rukia. It doesn't matter who he ends up with because they're both good options. But with the hate for Orihime, it just, like, was so... It, it led to a lot of people being angry, and I think that a lot of it had to be with that moment where it went on for too long, and so there was so much lackluster stuff with it. And mm-hmm. I look back at Orihime, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, but I think hers is, a, like, a symptom, along with Sakura, of healer characters in anime, where once you're troped into doing one thing people aren't going to see you as anything more as, even though Sakura had her badass moments that nobody likes to acknowledge. Well, Kubo was worse at handling his side characters than um, uh, Kishimoto. Kubo Kubo was literally awful (laughs) when it came to his side characters. Um, Like He would have them win like one fight and then immediately be defeated by an enemy that had to be defeated by another side character who would then only win that fight and then Ichigo or somebody would have to win it in the end. Um, So that was that was the unfortunate thing that uh, Uryu, Chad, and Orihime fell into was that they quickly became irrelevant time and time again. Uh, despite the fact that they were interesting and could have very well been developed better. But it became the Ichigo Kurosaki show way too much, uh, and that was one of those issues. Um, with the with the Rukia Orihime thing, while they were both fine options, I think the big issue was because 
like Rukia herself didn't necessarily outwardly show that like she necessarily had feelings for Renji like Sakura did for Sasuke. It was one of those things where it was, it was left so much in the air. Um, and there was way more development between Rukia and Ichigo than there was with Orihime in Ichigo. Yes, Orihime had the whole like child friend factor going on, but more often than not, again, because of how side characters was handled, she would just get shuffled off to the side so many times. And the whole Orihime saving arc, part of the, the final Aizen arc, was just that a did rehash not of the Rukia arc. Like, it, it, when you think about it. Yeah, and it's just like, I look back at that, and I'm just like sitting there going like, the save Rukia arc was so... Even looking back, I look at that how, that, how much better that could have been. Because you could have started a, spirit, a Soul Society civil war with that one arc. Which, to be honest, it did. To be honest, it did, but not nearly to like the extent that you would think. It's not like it's not like a Marvel version of a civil war. It's very much like a skirmish where it's like, like I think you had the two captains um, whose names escaped me, white hair, and then you know chill guy that just wants to sleep, just going. You know what? I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this either. Let's go beat up the old man, and the old man just literally. Just goes ape shit with his crap and fuck Yamamoto. But, um, anyways, enough on Bleach, enough on Naruto. Let's get over to that one that, um, for years Jeremy would say I am the main character of One Piece, and until like four years ago, I never understood why because I never delved too far into One Piece. But now I can say this to you: that is the biggest compliment I've ever gotten. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> Well, it, it, it was a while ago that I did that um, that little Facebook experiment. Um, but yeah, I think when you look at when you when you want to talk about main characters and you want to talk about actual good power creep, you have to talk about Luffy. He, he, he is the underdog of our generation. That just keeps getting cooler. You can you can say the thing you can say about Naruto is like Naruto's powers didn't get cooler. Naruto's powers didn't get creative. He got another mode. He got another big orb thing. And you can talk about the same thing when it comes to the Dragon Ball characters. But when you talk or about Bleach. Luffy and Bleach, when when you talk about Luffy, you go, "There's the gears." There's like One Piece did a great time skip. Their their yes. time skip was sweet and it was um sweet, short and sweet, and everybody came back cooler. Nobody came well, back wasn't like, short. It was two years. It was, it was two, a two year time skip. Like, I think he means in like, like terms of scale. It was just like, like hey, we're having a time skip, boom, it's over. Like a, sure. as a digestion process. Yeah. Like the the time skip, it was two years long. In canonical, canonical with the the manga, but we only saw like a couple chapters, not even a couple chapters, of um, them training, and coming back out of it, they go past enemy, nothing. Like Luffy destroys the crap out of I can't think of those the name of the freaking nobody remembers those dudes' names because because they wiped the floor with them. It was 
amazing to watch. Oh, no, the, the pacifistas. Yeah. It is yeah. one of, like, the, the moment in, in the anime where um, the, the time skip is over and it, it, it just, it, it's one of the hypest moments in shonen anime to begin with. And, it, and it's something to show about One Piece. That One Piece, as hard as it is to be caught up with the whole thing and follow the whole thing, it still remains cool. The characters are cool. The powers are cool. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I can't really talk about one one piece forever just because I, growing I old, fell off. Of one piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just one of those Luffy as a character. And like I gave I gave you Luffy because it was it made most sense to me at the time that I was like, oh yeah, Darian, kind of this goofy, really strong but doesn't really know it kind of character. I was like, yeah, that gives that that definitely goes to Darian, I think, at the time. Yeah, and it's just like when I heard that compliment, I didn't understand it at the time, but like for 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 fans of the show, what I did is like one day, I had that day. With One Piece, after just watching it on my timeline, seeing it all over thing, seeing fans of it, just sat there and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get caught up with One Piece. And I realized at a certain point, holy shit, I'm already like 300 chapters in when I really thought about it. Because because I did a little experiment with Water 7, um, with the anime-wise. And I shit you not. You can do this with Water 7. You can skip 30 straight episodes in a row. only And still watch the episodes, but only watch certain parts and not miss a damn thing. Yeah. Not miss a damn thing. I'm re-watching Water 7 now because I because of what I did. But you, you can literally shift through 30 episodes and not miss a damn thing. Not miss a damn thing. I'm and it's legitimately just... trying to place what you mean by there's so much that happens in Water 7. What are you talking right, no, it's about? Like, it's like right when they're on the train and like right when they get to like the fight with Lushi. Oh, or Lushi. okay. So that part, you can't even necessarily count that as the Water 7 part, though. That's just like the interlude between uh, Water 7 and Enya's Lobby. Like, I, okay, I, when I say that, Water 7, I mean both. That, fine. Like, I, I can agree with that because that's a bunch of, uh, like, just kind of filler-ish fights between lower marines and, like, Sanji. Um, but, yeah. But, no. Water 7, though. You just, yeah, you can't. <laughs> you, yeah, it's you like so much shit water happens seven. in Water 7 that, like, I'm going back for a reason. But, like, I, le- I legit skipped, like, 30 episodes in between Water 7 and Ina's Lobby. And didn't miss shit. And I was just like, how can you fucking do this? How how should you be able to do this? And like... But anyways, one day I just decided to like get caught up. So right after Ina's Lobby, I went right into Thriller Bark. And then I just binge read for eight months straight. And got completely up. Completely up. I didn't read anything for eight months straight besides One Piece. And like... With One Piece for me, it's slowly become one of my favorite anime. 
nonetheless my favorite shonen of all time. But like, um, and we're we're past the hour mark here now, and I want to get these guys out for their day. So, but oh, I'm fine. yeah, well, I mean, I, we can go. Jeremy is, but I'm having all right. A all right, so I'll have you guys cut me off then. We'll go off of your time then, guys, okay? Okay. Because, and then what I'll do is I'll try to cut this up into two different parts. But, like, now we're on One Piece. Now we're on that part where Darian's like, I got a lot to say about One Piece. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I also have a lot to say. Yeah, like, <laughs> my opinion on One Piece is very limited because I've never watched any of the anime. I only read about the first 400 chapters of the manga, which... Again, I take that as a is a is a bullet. No, you're about five hundred. You're about five hundred. Yeah, like um, this is the cool part about binge reading for eight months. I know exactly where everything is. <laughs> but like, yeah, you're about five hundred fifty chapters in from like the time skip. So because I think Mar- Marineford's around five hundred, and then um, Fishman Island starts in between five fifty and six hundred. Okay. So, like, but, like, the thing about One Piece that everybody has to complain is it's, like, it's so long. And I'm, like, here's the best part about that. When you start, you can always take a breather. You always can. You don't have to just get caught up in this grand endeavor to do it. You can take a breather. That's what I would always do. It was just, like, in that eight-month span, when I did read nothing but One Piece, like, at a certain point, I got, like, halfway through Fishman Island and just stopped. Stopped for, like, a week or so. And then came back. And then finished Fishman. And then went back to it. And realizing that the, the, the manga is going nowhere. Nothing's really going on. In, and I said that and I said that in hindsight. Because all the shit with Sanji, Sanji's going on. During this time frame. And like. But that's the nice thing about One Piece. You can come back to it later. You don't need to get caught up. It's no rush. Like. You can go through an entire arc and be done for a while. Like, and that's the thing I love about one piece. And like every arc that I say about one piece has its place is always interesting. And they always introduce characters that can grab you easily. Every single arc, like in dragon ball Z, that doesn't happen. In Naruto, that doesn't really happen in bleach. That barely even happens. But in Naruto, they will introduce characters that will only exist for that that only exist for an entire arc, and once that arc is over, you will miss the crap out of them. Like people to this day miss Vivi, miss Vivi so damn much, and she's on, and she's not around for that long in hindsight. Mm-hmm. But like people still miss Vivi for like the arc that she was there. Um, people miss Ace. People miss. Um, well, Ace Kaya. is bad in comparison. Yeah, nobody misses well, it, Kaya. People miss Kaya because of what? No one like, misses people, Kaya. People miss Kaya. I, I've legit been on like message boards and people are like, I miss Kaya. You know what? I miss Kaya too. Those people aren't real. Nobody misses <laughs> Kaya. <laughs> but like, um, people just like, yeah. Every every arc has characters that will always grab you always grab you in some way, shape, or form. And you'll miss them after the arc is over. So, off of me about One Piece for now. Let's go over to, let's go over to Jordan. Hooray, my turn. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and 
condense my thoughts as much as possible because I okay. could literally talk about One Piece for days. Um, <laughs> but um, just to kind of preface things, um, I was somebody that watched the Four Kids dub um, and I enjoyed it to an extent. Um, but where I fell off originally was the Skypea arc with the anime. Just Same. because that Same. was where the new Funimation dub took over. Um, and in my opinion, that's really the only lull of One Piece. All right. Again, uh, I kind of want to add something here to you because around that time, like, remember when, like, Cartoon Network got the dub version, got the four kids version of One Piece and started airing it? Yeah, that was the Funimation. Dub. And overnight, and overnight, I was shit you not. When they got the Sky Pia rights, the voice actors changed over a weekend, and I was just like, "What? What the hell happened?" Yep, yep. It was so like abrupt, just hearing like Lucy Christian voicing Nami, and it's just like, "What the hell just happened?" Yep. In hindsight, now, the, fun, the Funimation dub is way better, but yeah, yeah. But they but Cartoon Network did do the dub change over a weekend. I distinctly remember that. Yes. Yep. So, just yep. to add what you were saying. Yep. Um, but, uh, again, in high school, uh, and this was the same point of time when I discovered, you know, Shippuden uh, with the, the Japanese version, um, was also when I discovered Frankie was a thing in One Piece. And that was what got me back in. Uh, and I started watching the anime again. I, <laughs> I pretty much skipped past the end of Skypea a little bit, which I mean, that's you didn't miss it, much. I I know NL is. It, some people love them, some people hate them. It is what it is. Um, but I I loved Water Seven, loved Enya's Lobby, I loved One Piece from that moment forward, um, and I still love it to this day as I continue to read the manga and watch the anime with my girlfriend. Um, and to the point of you know anyone arguing that you can't catch up with One Piece, like you had said. The manga is something that you can definitely catch up on. The anime is too. Like Nicole ended up like watching One Piece for like six months to a year and caught up. Now that is yes a long period of time, but that was something that was broken up into bits and pieces um, where she was just able to watch it over time, like just when she could fill it in with whatever else that we were watching. So it is entirely possible to catch up on One Piece if you want to. Um, I'm going to plug... Um, there's this one uh, podcast out there um, called The One Piece Virgin, um, which is by the same guys that do uh, The Rant Cafe, um, which which uh, is with Nuxtaku, Animac, and uh, Briggs. I can't remember his full name, but I know it's Briggs. Um, and they're doing the One Piece Virgin podcast with Animac, who has, or who had up to this point never read or watched One Piece. And they're covering in their podcast, they're doing arc by arc. Um, and it goes to show that you can catch up if you want to. Um, but I'll leave it at that. Um, the reason why I think that One Piece is the best shonen series of all time personally is because Oda is able to craft a world that is so interesting at every twist and turn and has characters that 
like Darian mentioned, that like are you know bright spots in like a single arc and never seen again. But there are so many characters that he's able to weave in and out of the story in ways that you don't expect. And all of a sudden you are just over the moon when all of a sudden you see this character appear again after not seeing them for hundreds of chapters or hundreds of episodes. But he or years. It. Or years. Um, which, well, hundreds of episodes, hundreds of chapters is years. I mean, just say yeah. it. But, um, and he does it so expertly and every character for the most part is one that you can become emotionally attached to because all of these characters are just so well written like even some of the gag like one-shot characters are interesting and like have this appeal um that so many other series don't have to jeremy's point of the power scaling they did it so well in one piece where like they had it where you started out with you know people that were strong that didn't have devil fruit powers um in the first uh like few arcs of one piece where they're in east blue um luffy and buggy are and alvita for that matter are you know like three of the only people that have devil fruits in east blue because it's such a rarity there um but like as you're progressing through the th series they're introducing um more devil fruits and like ones like multiple types that like luffy is if he just uses his devil fruit like in a basic way like he's not going to be able to beat these other enemies so he has to evolve and adapt his powers uh in order to defeat them same with the rest of his crew um which the rest of his crew never feel like minor characters shuffled off to the side which so many other series are, you know, so bad at, like with Naruto or with Bleach. Like the side characters matter, and they continue to matter um, going throughout the series. Um, but to the power scaling thing again, they keep making it better. Like when all of a sudden there is another level that has to be reached, that's when they introduce hockey. And that's all of a sudden a leveling playing field that makes it so that Luffy, Sanji, Zoro, and like other parts of the crew can still compete with these super powerful people. Um, he continues to evolve his gears to gear forth with the various variations. They introduce more elements of hockey. The series continues to grow and evolve in a way that so many other series have been unable to do so um, without sacrificing quality. Um, and for that, I cannot praise One Piece enough for managing to continue to evolve and better itself without the, fe the, the, the story feeling like it's fatigued in any way. So I, yeah. I definitely applaud it. Um, it's, it deserves the king spot for several reasons many of which I already explained. Um, and I I don't think that we're ever going to series uh, see a series that dethrones One Piece as the number one selling manga of all time. I don't think we will. People kept saying it was going to be Demon Slayer. I'm like, no, no. no. Yeah, you just watch. You just watch. You just like, watch. One Piece will kill it again. Yeah. And we were like, how? How? How can you do it? It's just like, if you don't read going. it, you won't understand. You won't well, understand. It's still going though. That's the the thing. Like we're well, that, gonna be reaching a hundred volumes of One Piece, and 
that's a lot more books that you can have millions of copies sold compared to Demon Slayer that had like 20. Like, yes, the, yeah. the 20 volumes of Demon Slayer sold like hotcakes and they will continue to sell like hotcakes, but that will stop at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, one of the things I do want to say about like Luffy as a main character is that there's so many times he won't be if you really think about it. Like, he's like, he's the main good guy, quote unquote. But he will be shuffled off to the side to explain another character's story so much that you'll forget he's there. And then he's like, for a moment. And then when he comes back and he's ready to fight, that's when you know it's on. And that's one of the things I always loved about Luffy is that you can kick your main character to the side and talk about somebody else for a while. And he'll still be important. And like... And people don't get that about some main characters. Is that you got to be if you're going to build proper side characters, you got to be able to talk about somebody else other than your main character. Because Luffy, in the grand scheme of things, is not the most important character in One Piece. He's not. Is he an important character? Yes, but he's not the most important one. Um, and when you look at his crew, each one of his crewmates has their purpose in like. Which makes it useful. Like you look over at like um, you look over at Luffy, Sanji, and Zoro, and everybody says how fucking strong they are. Then Nami walks in the room and basically shuts all three of them down. Yeah, and I always, I always loved that about that. It's like as strong as these guys are, they can be shut down by one woman. Her name is Nami. <laughs> yep. Yep. And like. And then you bring up Nami's important. And Nami's not a fighter. But when you thought, think about strategy, when you think about, like, trying to man the helm, when you think about trying to navigate and trying to, like, get people out of there, Nami knows how to take command in a way that Luffy never can. But, and everybody has their place. But, like, I look over at One Piece as just this... Like, when people talk about world building, I, the most thing I can equate it to is Avatar The Last Airbender and that world. That's the only thing that looks that compares in terms of world building and like how much you can do with world building into an anime. And I suggested that to one of my friends who currently lives in Florida. And I said, go watch those one those 130 episodes of One Piece. Go and watch them. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, you're gonna like it. Trust me. She's currently in episode 60 and she said, Oh my God, you're so right. This is amazing. And she's like, good, because you got, I looked at her like, good, you got about 800 or so fucking episodes to go. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, for the first time in a long time, that doesn't intimidate me. And she's still watching it. Yep. Yep. And I told people, if you cannot, if, if East Blue and Alabasta does not draw you into One Piece, it's never going. It's never going to, and that's how you'll know. So Netflix did a great thing by putting those episodes on Netflix because honestly, those are the those arcs don't really mean anything when you really think about the grand scale of One Piece. But in terms of hooking you as a fan, it does a lot. And it, and to this day, Alabasta is probably my favorite one overall. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so the close on One Piece. What's your guys' favorite One Piece arc that you remember? Uh, um, 
Oh, Jeremy, go first. Oh uh, yeah, I just just because like like I said, I don't have a hundred percent experience with One Piece. Well, I'm gonna, let's go with what you would remember. Yeah, I'm gonna bring it down to not an arc but a moment, and it was when Usopp and Luffy get into it with each other and they fight. Um, when because going into that fight, you go, "There's no way." Usopp is going to do anything to Luffy and then he does and he and you see just that the creativity in One Piece of saying you thought this character wasn't going to do anything and he does and that that is what hooked me onto One Piece as knowing it is a great franchise was Seeing that fight and seeing that character get get to shine, um, like I said, unfortunately I can't talk about arcs because it's been a while and I don't remember. But I remember yeah. reading and seeing that fight and going, "Holy cow, this is amazing!" And like before, I I, I don't want to forget Usopp. Usopp is one of the most well written quote-unquote useless characters of all time. Yep. Period. And so many people love Usopp because A, he's the world's biggest liar, the world's biggest coward, and you wouldn't think he could work in a series like this. And usually when you make a character like this, everybody hates him. But he has probably the biggest fan following I've ever seen as a yep. character. And, and he's one of having the, like, the weakest backstory out of like anyone in the crew and when you really look at him he's one of the weakest if not the weakest straw hat pirate but does the most stuff mm -hmm. he's next to like and I think like he yeah I think honestly when I think about it Nami's the weakest weakest but she does so much with strategy you forget about that but then you have Usopp, who's able to pull shit out of his ass. Literally out of his ass at times. And just shock you with how well he's able to, like, pull things. And, like, I just wanted to talk about Usopp for a minute. <laughs> um, so, Jordan? Uh, so, I'll say my favorite two um, of the more recent arcs. Um, I actually really love the Dressrosa arc. Um, Thank you. Because of the sheer importance that that arc has to the story of One Piece moving forward and the introduction of one of the largest groups of characters um, the series had ever had. Um, and the introduction of so many important characters moving forward. Um, and that was also one of the arcs where... Um, they had characters that you would think, oh, we're not actually going to see these characters necessarily again with the royalty until they had uh, the very brief reverie arc. And that was also where we got to see Vivi again and other characters that we were like, holy crap, I didn't think I was ever going to see so-and-so again. And all of a sudden they're here. Um, Dressrosa was amazing. It introduced Gear 4. It introduced uh, Luffy's grand fleet of 56,000 pirates. Um, it, it was so good. Just absolutely amazing. And um, it probably has the most 
is the moment that the first, the second moment that made me, all right, there's two moments in One Piece that made me cry in sadness, and there's a, the other moment is made me cry in happiness. And the other one was Enya's Lobby, am I right? Yeah. Um, yeah, which is the other arc that I was going to say is my other favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just Enya's Lobby uh, is hands down where the series, I think, just showed that One Piece is truly epic. Um, like, prior to that, I would definitely say, you know, Arlong Park, that was the moment where One Piece was epic. Alabasta Arc, this is the moment where One Piece is epic. But Enya's Lobby, just sad at the top. Um, just with the re- truly being the first time that Luffy's crew had their biggest obstacle to date and they overcame it in order to save their crewmate uh, and get another one in return with Frankie. Um, yeah. I'll say this, that Ina's Lobby is one of the hardest arcs to watch emotionally. Yes. Because yes. <clears throat> one of the biggest things is like, Nico's being tortured this whole fucking time while everything is going on. And you forget about that at times. It's like, Hey, she's still captured and basically being forced to watch everything go down. And then somebody has a fight and you forget about it. And then you're brought back to the fact, oh shit, she's still there. Yeah, and all the while the the Water 7 foreman and uh, the Frankie family are, you know, falling one by one in order to, you know, go and save Robin and Frankie. Um, I mean, freaking Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, the giant sea uh, dragon horse things. Um, the fact, like, you wouldn't think that you would get so emotional over these giant animals, like, trudging along as they're being attacked and destroyed, risking their life to save Frankie. It's just, it, the way it's written, it's just so great. So good. So great. It's like, um, yeah. Um, all right, but One Piece to me is the most is the best shonen of all time, and nothing will get close. You can talk about your Dragon Ball Z's, you can talk about your Naruto's, you can talk about anything, but to me, Nar- um, One Piece is the greatest shonen of all time, and it and nothing will get close. Nothing, nothing will ever get close. All right, guys, let's go off the shonen jump anime for a minute. Let's go into let's go into some of our favorites off-brand shonen that aren't connected to shonen drum um so let's start with me so i can give you guys both of a voice break you guys can drink something um so before we started this podcast i asked these guys to think of their give me a minute here and the top three shonen jump series and your top five shonen style anime and Everybody, and Jeremy doesn't know this because I haven't talked to them in a while, in a while, um, but my, 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 one of my favorite shonen-style anime is a sports anime called Inazuma 11, and in, like, the first episode for one of this, it's like a soccer anime, and the only reason I found out about this is because they decided to port the video game of this anime onto the DS store, out of the blue, for no reason, and I'm just like, what the hell is this? And I played the game... And all of a sudden, there's this kid who sets a f- soccer ball on fire and shoots it into a goal. And I'm like, what? 
What what just happened? What was that? And it just goes out of control crazy from there. And whenever like they would score a goal in that thing, I would scream goal in like my single apartment where my neighbors can hear me because of how like great to me that anime is. Um, and it's just it's it's my second favorite shonen next to One Piece. Um, but it just it's it's a good video game. I think it's very difficult at times. You can I'm gonna tout it for a second. You can play um, all games, but you have to buy a EU ver- EU region 3DS to play the third, which really really sucks because I'd have to pay like a hundred dollars just to get an EU just so I can play the third game of Inazuma 11. But you can play the first two games of Inazuma 11. You can get the first one on the eShop on the 3DS. And you can get the second one, a physical copy, an EU version, but you cannot get the 3DS version of it. You have to get the, you have to get that one, and it'll be in English, and it'll be completely translated. It will have weird British accents, though. That that's the one thing. But um, that's one of mine. Let's go over to Jer. Jer, um, what are some of your favorite shonen anime? Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Black Clover. I think Black Clover. That's definitely- shonen jump. Is it Shonen Jump? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. It, I did not know that until just now. So go ahead. Keep keep going. You're uh, fine. I'm gonna have some trouble following anime or Shonen anime that's not Shonen Jump, just because I I didn't outreach that far. Um, I didn't stray far from the Shonen Jump series series, but um, Black Clover definitely sparked an a, an interest back into Shonen for me. Um, uh, again, I I would want to talk about Bakuman is the in the creativity that shonen anime can have um i mean to this day some of the some of the my favorite shonen battles have to be in Bakuman just watching these creators try and create something better than their than their uh rival writers um also shonen jump for the record but go on yeah 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 like i said <laughs> It's going to be hard for me to not follow this. It's okay. Um, But now, I don't know. I I have some trouble classifying Attack on Titan. I I wouldn't. It is. It's a a mix of Shonen and Seinen, but it leans Shonen. Okay. So I can definitely talk about Attack on Titan here, where. the the battles the the idea of lost characters um to me attack on titan is one of those not just the anime but the manga that i will always i will always use to say if you think anime cannot anime and manga cannot get peak your interest i i dare you to read or watch because it is one of those things that any age um, could fall in love with. And you can see in its popularity back when it first started, you go to a con, you will always see Scout Regiment cosplay. You will always see merchandise for Attack on Titan. Even when Attack on Titan finishes in this next year or two, um, I think it'll still it'll make waves 
in the anime community as people's first, as people's most interested um, anime and manga series. Um, we talked about Shogeki no Soma. I, again, one of those interesting, almost like a sports, a sports shonen. It's one of those, again, I'm pretty sure it's a shonen jump. I'm, I'm more than positive it's shonen it jump, is. but. I, um, I can pretty much clarify anything, <laughs> whether it's, it's not okay. a shonen jump or it's not. It's okay. Like, but we'll keep get going. Keep going. We'll dig. We'll dig. Keep going. Um, again, creativity in your battles. It's not punching. It's not kicking. But it's the style of cooking, the tools that they use, the food, the, everything like that that just makes it so entertaining and interesting to see that creativity. Um, and again, it would be, it would be another number one recommend recommendation for me. Unfortunately it falls, it, it kind of falls apart towards the end there, but I think uh, everybody's in agreement with that because I remember like we showed Shokugeki no Soma at my anime club at Whitewater cheap plug um and one of the things we did at that thing we showed the first season and we decided to so the second season the following semester and the interest died overnight oh yeah it, it was literally like first season amazing second season dead and it's just like what happened what what the f- happened and everybody's like eh, i don't know it just didn't seem interesting anymore which is kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's three for me. So I, I would I pass it on to either you or Jordan here for this one. Let's go over to Jordan. All right. So if we're talking anime here, um, it's to Jeremy's point, it's really hard to necessarily reach out and talk about anime that um, aren't shonen jump because for the most part, we're the most exposed to Shonen Jump's series. Like, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, there are a lot of, you know, at least nowadays, there are a lot more that, you know, we're exposed to now, thanks to Crunchyroll, Funimation from various studios, ones that are, you know, based off of uh, other manga from other magazines, uh, light novels, etc., etc. Um, but when it comes to the shonen category, um, there's really only two mag- magazines um, that cover it, and that's Shonen Jump, uh, and I believe the other is called Weekly Shonen. Um, yes, I could be entirely wrong. Okay, um, but that's and that one though, uh, people a lot of people know that one because of series like Fairy Tale or uh, Seven Deadly Sins, which neither of those make my list on the anime side of things, just because <laughs> the anime, well, Seven Deadly Sins, season one and two, that adapted the an- or the manga very well. Season three, not so much, because A1 Studios was just like, hey, we're gonna adapt uh, Sword Art Online some more, because it makes us more money, so, uh, Sorry, Seven Deadly Sins. You can go to another studio, and that uh, did not end up well for it. Um, in Fairy Tale, I don't think that's as good as uh, Rave Master, and unfortunately, Rave Master's anime didn't cover the whole series. So I digress. Um, when it comes to 
shonen anime. Um, two of the ones that I uh, stand above the rest um, for adapting the source material so well that weren't shonen jump uh, were uh, Daya no Ace, um, the baseball series, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which I am shocked that neither of you has mentioned so far, but uh, um, I digress. Um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, um, not much to say other than it's argued to be one of the best anime slash manga of all time, um, hands down. Um, there, uh, Some people will contest that Cowboy Bebop is at number one. Um, as someone that's never finished Cowboy Bebop, I can't say that personally myself. Really? I still need, I still need to finish it. Um, that's just how it is. Um, but uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, it's it's beautiful. It has oh, it's... A, a complete story um, with a roller coaster of emotions um, that's done so well. Um, and it should also be noted that Full Metal Alchemist was created by a female author. And that's not something that is uh, so mainstream in Japan. Um like when you think of female authors, more often than not, you think more shoujo than shonen. But she managed to just build an empire, um, and that's not even you know the only series that she's created. Um, she also has uh, Arslan Senki, which I never have read, and then Silver Spoon, which is a farm one. But all three of those series are major, majorly popular, and can't give her enough credit for you know dominating in a way that uh so many men in her field are able to do and i applaud her tremendously for that um as for diano ace uh it's my favorite sport series outside of shonen jump where arguably i my actual favorite favorites are um diano ace um it's one of those baseball series where, uh, you know, people don't have superpowers like they do in Inazuma 11, which I do love Inazuma 11. Um, but I love OG Inazuma 11 more than I love the subsequent Inazuma 11. I'll, I'll get into that later, Jordan. Don't worry. Um, but I digress. Um, with Diano Ace, um, the, the kids have legitimate like regular abilities um and even the main character who at first you're just like whoa this guy has uh fastballs that are all over the place once you actually get into the series and either read or watch it you understand oh there's an actual reason why his fastballs were doing this entire the entire time so there's stuff that's you know based on reality that makes it more interesting and more relatable um and it has an absolutely fantastic collection of characters um that are just really really phenomenal um and other than that i will briefly touch on some other actual shonen jump anime real quick um just to kind of round things out um i do have naruto as an honorable mention um mostly because i appreciated naruto as a series i gave a slight edge to the anime only because it adapted some of the light novels into the anime and seeing some of the fights animated was great uh i do think overall the manga was better just because of 
filler that kind of ruined Naruto and its pacing, but I digress. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho, I love that series. I do love Hunter Hunter 2, but I lean a little bit more towards Yu Yu Hakusho just because that was the OG series. Um, Haikyuu is uh, my favorite Shonen Jump sports anime. Not my favorite manga per se. Um, I do love it. I, I loved finishing it, but there is one sports manga for me that rules them all. Um, Demon Slayer is the perfect example of anime making a manga better. Um, just the Ufotable, the anime studio made Demon Slayer gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then I would be remiss not to mention uh, probably the most influential series of my life currently, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, I love my JoJo so much. Uh, it has been such a big impact on my life. Um, and the anime is what got me into JoJo. Um, I have read all the manga. I am currently up to date on the manga. Um, but David Production has managed to make the anime so amazing. It's absolutely phenomenal, um, and I can't recommend it enough, even though that in itself is a JoJo reference and a JoJo meme. Um, God damn it, Jordan. <laughs> and uh, before, uh, before I finish here, um, Jeremy, to the point of Bakuman, that's on my top three manga list. Um, and I, if you haven't read the manga, I definitely encourage you to do it's so. It's on my list. Um, because they skipped an arc or two in the anime that's in Bakuman. That's actually very important. Um, okay. So definitely go back to read it. Um, but yeah, I th those are my anime tops. Um, if we get to the manga, I know we're already more than an hour and a half in. Um, yeah, don't worry, we'll cut it <laughs> off. Closing, soon, it, guys. closing it on two hours, but uh, uh, yeah. those are my tops. Yeah. Um, Inazuma 11 is probably my favorite shonen, but another one of my other ones, another one of my other ones, has got to be Blue Exorcist, which... I'm actually shocked that neither one of you guys mentioned, but not like, a fan. not a fan, <laughs> really. I'm not a fan either. Um, but um, sorry, sorry to blow the wind out of your sails. <laughs> oh gosh, um, I know the anime for Blue Exorcist didn't win a lot of hearts, especially with like how they did it, how they did it because Blue Exorcist was one of those anime that was so well written that they had to make an anime out of it as fast as possible, and. The author eventually decided to say, you know what, I'm going to slow it down to like one chapter a month, if if only. And it's really one of those things where it's just like, oh, really, this is amazing. And then you get one every like, and then, oh, wait, no, not like every month. It's like quarterly. So a chapter every four months. Every and it's just months. like every th oh, three months. Thank you. Every um, different, but still. Darren doesn't know his math, but anyway, um, <laughs> legitimately, that is one of those anime that just grabs me immediately and gets me all across the spectrum. Um, but I want, do want to add to Full Metal Alchemist. Brotherhood is not my favorite version of it. I'm still such a big, big fan of the 2003 Full Metal Alchemist and its subsequent subsequent movie. I never finished the original version of that anime. I did watch the movie. You'll, you'll never, you'll yeah. never love it. You'll never love it. Yeah, I am you, aware. 
when you compare Brotherhood to like I will if anybody's interested in Full Metal Alchemist, I will always recommend Brotherhood first because the story is definitely less confusing with um well, that's because it's based on the manga. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it not to discredit what Darian is like I feel if you have the patience for it, the original anime, the ending is very good, but there are a lot of ass pulls in that anime that just kind of I think ruined it for a lot of people. That's I'm so glad they made Brotherhood and adapted the original content. Um, oh, I like to tell people like to 2003 version. I tell people to watch the 2003 version first because the 2003 version to me is the bad ending. Because no matter how you view that ending of that anime, it's just sad. Yeah, it's just really sad. And then you go you go and watch Brotherhood, and it's like it ends really happy. So the good ending and the bad well, ending. Well, it ends happy-ish. Happy-ish, yeah. <laughs> happy-ish, yeah. Like, whereas, like, and you look at the 2003 version where Ed and Al are trapped in our timeline, and they're unable to see their friends and family ever again. And, but, like, honestly, I like I would love to see like an epilogue for those two, like them interfering with World War II in some way, shape, or form. Because that, that sounds cool to me. But, like, Brotherhood is equally, if not, is always going to be people's favorite because of how it's written. But mm-hmm. the 2003 one, I always tell people, you should still watch it. Yeah. And, like, because it's still great. But if you're going to, but if you watch Brotherhood first, you're never going to watch the 23 ver- 2003 version. You just can't. It's just, there's no comparison at that point. So I always tell people to watch it first because if you like the first like twenty episodes of the 2003 version, you're gonna like Brotherhood no matter what. Yeah, it's it's a given. It's a given at that point. Um, but if we're going like the top an- shonen anime, I'm gonna go with um, obviously One Piece at the top, Inazuma Eleven number two, Detective Conan number three. Oh God, Conan! That's quite a pull. Yeah, it's been I. I respect the choice, but at the same time, you're just that like series why, has just been Darius? going on forever. Yeah, like, I'm I, still not even caught up. I'm still not even caught up. God. And I'm still going up there and going. Like that's been going on still, longer damn. than One Piece. I know, but like I just sit here at times and I'm just going, "Damn, Conan's good," and like it's also like my easy my easy watching anime anime where it's just like hey i've got nothing better to do let's watch a couple episodes of conan here and like um another one on my list is digimon which is a shonen anime it's uh if i have to put it forth and number five is gonna have to be shaman king which we were gonna talk about later so i'm gonna talk about it now shaman king has got to be one of my favorite anime of all time and the four kids dub is still my fa- one of my favorite dubs out there because it's Even so. Even though it it just neutered the series, it neutered it, but it's so batshit insane and hilarious at times. I can't help but love it. I can't help but love it. And it's getting the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood treatment, which yeah, is going to be amazing. It's getting to be. I don't know if it's getting to be remade or there's an addition to it. No, oh, it's, it's remade? Remade. Oh, God, that's going to be great. Um, 
but Shaman King is going to steal so many people's hearts and souls because of like, no pun intended, but like it is so, so well written and it's got an ending you will never see coming. You will never see coming. And the manga gets, the manga is, goes in a completely different direction, but like, because they made the an anime, anime only ending because the manga yeah, is going. Yeah. But like the anime has it's it doesn't have the best ending, but like how it treats one of their characters. I've never hated a character for such a short period of time with such fury and passion as much as I hated Lyser. Yep. Lyser Dithiel yep. is one of the characters I wanted to punch in the fucking face. Because he's Lyser Dithiel is Sasuke before there was a Sasuke. Uh, mm, that's giving Lyser way too much credit. <laughs> that's giving him yeah. way too much credit. But, like, he does the Sasuke shit to where, honestly, I wanted to punch Lyser in the face with how much, like, he just betrayed his friends. Betrayed them. It's just... He is so much on, like my angst scale to where I just, I hated that guy. Hated him with such a fury and passion that I just wanted to beat his ass. But like we go, Shaman King is just one of those anime that I just cannot get enough of. And I cannot wait for it to be remade. Um, but if we're going to go Shonen Jump, um, Diamond No Ace is probably my third favorite. Um, not in Shonen Jump. Not in Shonen Jump. Oh, never mind then. But it's probably in that shonen thing. It's up there, along with like Blue Exorcist. So thank you, Jordan, for now helping me out with that. Um, Which and um, then Blue Exorcist. It's not specifically in Shonen Jump, but it's one of the Shonen Jump subsidiaries. Okay, so it, it's one of the Shonen Jump magazines, just not the weekly Shonen the, Jump. Yeah, and then my honorable mention because Jordan mentioned I have an honorable mentions. My honorable mention is going to Yu Gi Oh Five Ds. Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds is one of my favorite an- Yu-Gi-Oh! series ever. And I just love 5Ds with an, un- an almighty passion. And with like a much, much smaller mention to Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Because I know people will love the original Yu-Gi-Oh! With, with an almighty passion and nostalgic love. But I just look over at 5Ds and GX and I just cannot get enough of either. Because it's just the ups and downs both of them take... And with, like, the way that, um, is it Takahashi or Takashi or whatever? Takashi? Or yeah, thank you. Um, the writer of that is just so, so, you you don't think they're going to grab you again with a Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Like, it's, you can only take so many shows about card games. But, like, those two are just so great and grand and important. And I would be remiss to also mention um, Arc 5, even though Arc 5's ending is just... Yeah. Just... Uh. Uh, it's, it's Kazuki Takahashi. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but Yu-Gi-Oh! to me is just one of those... It's one of those my favorites. And then other honorable mentions go to Beyblade um, and Metabots for like my childhood and nostalgia. Any guys, anybody else got any honorable mentions before we're I think we're pretty much through. Well, I do want to give some mentions to uh, some manga specifically. Because um, de- we've definitely had a, an anime-heavy focus, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, so I do want to, um, there are two that I definitely want to talk about, um, and I'll try and keep it brief. Um, uh, and I will also say one piece on Bakuman were on my list here. Um, and I, I do hold that the Bakuman manga was better than the anime only because, like I said, you get the whole story with Bakuman and there's a lot of very interesting things that go into it. Um, Bakuman also gave us that, um, that perception that, uh, the, the way that the Shonen Jump series and Weekly Shonen Jump, however, the... oh yeah, so people, we have finally—I've never done this before—we hit the anchor limit for podcasts. I'm so wow. fucking proud. I, so, I was wondering what happened there for a second. I was just like, I got a notification ding, and then it was just like, uh, and now Jeremy's so, back too. Uh, back too. So it cut us off, Jeremy. Okay. It cut us off at two hours. Oh, fucking limit we hit. Um, but let, before Jay, Jordan loses his train of thought, go back. Go back, Jordan. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, where was I? Uh, the so Bakuman. Sorry. Yeah, recollected my train of thought here. Um, <laughs> with the whole table of contents thing. Um, manga sales ultimately determine how whether or not a manga series get to continue. Um, so however sell, however much it sells with its physical volumes has been kind of that benchmark. But that being said, more often than not, you see it where, you know, if a manga isn't selling as well, it is towards the bottom of the table of contents. So just saying. Um, but the two manga that I, I really want to touch on um, that were from my list uh, were iShield 21, and uh, Dr. Stone. Um, iShield 21, and I will never stop gushing about it, is my favorite shonen sports series of all time. Despite the terrible racial stereotypes that they put in that manga, I will, and I will acknowledge that, they are bad. They are very, very bad. iShield 21 is a fantastic series. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's no coincidence that Dr. Stone is also on my list because they share the same author. Um, really? Yes. I um, didn't know that. Then you need to watch more of my YouTube videos, which I also need to start making more of. Don't <laughs> want to digress. Um, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and record stuff after this. So we'll see. Um, but I digress. Um no, the, the main difference is that iShield 21 and Dr. Stone are two different author-artist pairings, which author-artist pairings are a lot more popular now than they used to be, um, which I think is good. I think when they, I think when you split it up between an author and an artist, um, there's less burnout that happens. Um, although Bakuman definitely details what can happen when an author or an artist has burnout. Um, so... Yep. Everything's connected, um, but I digress. Um, iShield 21, um, the artist for that, and I am I might have the first name wrong, but it's Yusuke Murata, who is also the artist for um, One Punch Man in terms of like the, the manga and the anime, not the original webcomic. Um, and then uh, Dr. Stone's artist is Boichi, who does uh, Sun Ken Rock. Um, and another more HE series, but I digress. Um, <laughs> Dr. Stone is a little bit more of an honorable mention right now, just because it's still an ongoing series. 
But um, Dr. Stone, much like how Shokugeki no Soma made uh, food and cooking into a shonen series, uh, Dr. Stone did with science. And yes, there are still, you know, actual shonen action battles that happen. Um, but the way that they're all of a sudden just creating technology and chemicals and all this stuff using, you know, the the bare minimum of, right the bare minimum because they're they're reset in a like a prehistoric well not prehistoric uh, a primitive society over a thousand years into the future um it's so interesting like and the fact that like because the characters are more limited to start out with because they start out with like whoever gets freed from stone is the characters that you have other than the descendants from a thousand years ago and uh inbreeding um that's uh, <laughs> just thinking about that it's just yeah like, don't don't think about it too hard but it's just yeah. like when only six people survive on a spacecraft and have to repopulate the earth yeah uh, um but again i digress um i think some of the most popular shonen jump series the ones that stick out are the ones that are able to deviate from the standard shonen jump formula um because there are so many typical shonen jump like standard series and dr stone definitely captures that especially since the main character isn't you know your typical gung-ho like super strong character or whatnot instead he's super smart um he does have hearts although he's also like can be very maniacal at times um and the the art and the story mesh so well together um the the series has some of the the best facial expressions in shonen jump uh and that is definitely uh an impressive feat um and i i just love those series there's so many uh... other like honorable mentions that i could have with you know manga that are still ongoing or i still have one that we mentioned earlier that we haven't gone into (laughs) but i do want to get over to jordan or jeremy really quick before we're done here um i did remember one honorable mention that um in the most recent years did get a it is it is not a shonen jump uh, affiliation um, and it did get a Netflix ad- adaptation, but you both know me. I'm a huge mixed martial arts nerd, and I would be rem- no, not close. I would be remiss. I think I know what this is. Kengen Ashura. Yep. Uh, it. If you if you are looking for, I mean, I the reason I thought about it was Jordan said <laughs> racial stereotypes, and I hate to I hate to do that to to bring it in but it um kengen ashura is just all it is is a tournament all it is is these amazing characters fighting each other you get little tidbits of backstory but they um you get a taste of the those real life martial arts practices and the training that goes with it um and just the politics behind um tournaments of that size is a is a great representation of if you are really looking for a shut off your brain and watch two people punch the crap out of each other uh kengen ashura 
is great. It's a great read. Um, the art is beautiful, along with Baki's art in, in the manga is beautiful as well. Um, but the it just the shut off your brain, watch the tournament. Um, the main character isn't even really uh, present as much. So I would be remiss if I didn't uh, bring that up as one of the uh, key sh- key niche shonen to yeah. to kind of indulge yourself in. Yeah. Um, and then one of the ones I wanted to do is an honorable mention, and I'm sorry, Jordan, that we kind of cut you off. Um, oh no, you're good. But the one I do want to mention because it's only it just reached like the hundred chapter about a month ago. And your knowledge is what I'm talking about. And that is Eden Zero. Oh, nope. never mind. Eden Zero. <laughs> Eden Zero is my favorite, is without a doubt my favorite um, manga right now. Um, and it's weekly, next- shown, it's weekly shown in magazine, not shown in Jump. Yeah, and it's weekly shown in magazine, it's not shown in Jump 1. Um, it's the next follow up after Fairy Tale. And. So far, every time I tell somebody about like Eden Zero, they just get pissed because they, it's um, Hiro Mashima reusing the same character styles. And I just live there and I'm looking and I'm like, but it's a completely different story. And it's like, but it's the same characters. I'm like, but it's a different story. But it's the, it looks, the characters look alike. I'm not going to be able to see them as different, which is understandable, but I'm kind of, I kind of just zeroed in so much on the story. And, like, I think it was, like, 20 chapters ago, I had the biggest heart attack of all time because yep. they pulled one of the biggest plot twists that I'm not going to spoil I've yep. ever seen where it had me die a little inside when I saw it. And it's going to yep. get added. It's, and we just got confirmed it's going to be an anime sometime in the next two years. It's the biggest plot twist you will never see coming. And you're going to die a little inside when it happens. Yep. And Eden Zero is just so much, it's got so much of that quirkiness of fairy tale, but it brought out, it brought one of those deep, dark moments that fairy tale never had. Which I can elaborate on that if you'd like. Go ahead. If, if you're done with your, your, your talk. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so Eden Zero, and I alluded this, to this myself as well, um, I consider to be Hiromashima's second best work so far. And I say that so far because obviously Eden Zero is still going on right now. And I said um, that Rave Master, in my opinion, is his number one work. Um, and in my opinion, Eden Zero is a return to form to Rave Master with some of the quirkiness of Fairy Tale. And I guess I should say the quirkiness was always there. That's always been a part of Mashima's writing. Uh, I guess, if anything, the the fan servicey stuff he kept how much of that there is from fairy tale in eden zero it's not as bad as fairy tale got um but it's there um but what makes eden zero so good is because it's able to balance the light-hearted moments and the dark moments much better than fairy tale did um i've had this discussion with uh my girlfriend nicole several times where it's just like so how many characters from fairy tale died like 
that were actually like not good characters. Many. And no, there's not. Like the, the, that's the thing is that like so few characters on the good side of things died that were actually plot relevant. Um, like they killed off like a few side characters here and there, uh, but otherwise they didn't really kill off any of the main characters. Like, I mean, that being said, Gray died like five times, but <laughs> didn't die those five times as well. Um, and that's like the, the same with the Guildmaster. Like, he died like three or four times, and every time he was revived. Um, whereas with both Ravemaster and Eden Zero, they haven't been afraid to kill people off or seriously injure people or have just really, really dark moments. And that's something that, that fairy tale was never really able to get to because yeah. everything was just is the best thing ever. And not yeah. that that isn't the thing in Eden Zero, but it's not as bad as it was in fairy tale. Yeah, um, I look over it. Just... Oh, ahead. sorry. Um, so, yes, Mashima has the issue of reusing character designs and character concepts and whatnot, um, which is why we'll never see <laughs> Rave Master fully animated because at that point everyone's just going to be like, hey, hasn't he used the Eraseon Sace like two times already? And like <laughs> this character and like he's using it now. Movie? lol and like it, he he reuses stuff all the time um but like you said darian he does make it different every time um which is is still good and like yes like the same thing is true of like a lot of creators that have multiple series to their names you will see similar looking characters throughout because that's just their art style um, Mashima just takes it a step further by actually recycling character designs. Yeah. So, and I, I um, say that I've never disliked a work of Mashima's, except maybe the Monster Hunter one. I mean, at the same time, though, like, should we really count the ones that weren't like full blown series? Like, yeah, he. Had I mean, I liked Monster Soul there, but like, yeah, but at the same time, it. Never measured up to the other three no, series. No, but like Eden Zero is just fun. And the thing, oh, also another thing I like about it is that there are interactions between characters in Eden Zero that flat out haven't, still haven't happened in Fairy Tale, that happen in the first hundred chapters for, um, Eden Zero. Like yeah. the relationship between characters is so much more deep. And you can actually see them versus like fairy tale where it's like everybody like Mashima keeps hinting at like Natsu and Lucy, but he still hasn't done anything. Still hasn't no. done anything. And but fairy like, tale hundred years later because that's a, currently a manga. It's nothing in there. Nothing no. in there yet. And There's it's just like a few characters that actually have like confirmed pairings. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, in like Eden Zero, he's already done stuff with his characters, and everybody's fine with it. But like, and overall, Eden Zero is probably my biggest one. My other one isn't really a shonen. No, no, it is. Um, but it's also in that harem category. UQ Holder is one of my favorite mangas ever, and it's just like 
just when you think that they're not going to do something that chaotic and crazy, they end up doing it. And it's just so much fun. But it's it's inherent of like Akamatsu, um, Ken Akamatsu's writing, regardless of its stuff in there. But anyways, this has been a great podcast, guys. Thanks for joining <laughs> me this Wednesday morning for that now two hours and 50 minutes plus podcast we have. Yep. Well, it's, uh, it, it's been fun. <laughs> uh, before we uh, close things off, uh, question to you both. Do either of you subscribe to the current Shonen Jump app? Yes, I do. Because it's I, only $2 a month. <laughs> I would love to hear about it, though. Isn't... Yes, so the, the current iteration of the Shonen Jump uh, uh, subscription is $3 a month. Um, you can access it either online through the computer or you, there is an app for it. I do it through the app. Um, for $3 a month, you have access to the Shonen Jump manga library. Um, now, it doesn't have everything, but it has a lot of the the most notable series. So, like, you can read all of Bleach, Naruto, One Piece, Haikyuu, um, Kuroko no Basket, Death Note, all the stuff in the Shonen Jump app. Um, the one thing with it is that there is a limit of 100 chapters per day, which for some people, that's just like, oh, I'll never read 100 chapters a day. And then there's me who's just like, I'm trying to speed read this. <laughs> I need to go faster. Um, but it's great. And I highly recommend um, downloading it uh, or getting the subscription. Because again, $3 a month over the course of the year, you'll spend $36. Um, which also, Kiss Manga is down. You, you have an option that you can pay for that's not inexpensive. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that being said, right now is the first time in Shonen Jump history where every single currently running Shonen Jump series is available in the West as it releases in Japan. Oh. Um, and this is the first time that it's happened. Um, and it's only because um they stopped or they ended uh yuna of the haunted hot springs which was the only series that was held out from either of the shonen jump apps um so now that that's over everything is um available as it comes out and that includes all of the new series and occasional one shots that come yeah. out not all of the one shots but some of them yeah um, i do want to call out like a couple that i started in like the last week since kiss manga went down and all of my other stuff is like weird out and still up in the air because I don't remember everything. But like, I wanted to call out Guardian of the Witch, um, Stealth. Ooh. Stealth. Ooh. You know how it starts, though, isn't it? What? You're reading it right now and you just don't like it? It ended in 14 chapters. I'm just letting you know. Oh. Is well. it? Oh, that just makes me sad now, but thank you. Um, sorry. I like I'm the sorry. first chapter. I just wanted um, to say it, it ends in 14 chapters. I think chapters. it's Neolation. Oh, damn it, Jordan! That's another one that ended in like seventeen chapters. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Stealth oh. Symphony. I have nothing to say on that one. That's a curse. Okay. That's a curse that follows the uh, anime and manga scene ever since its inception. It, if it's not popular or if it doesn't get enough, it's just done. Oh. And 
Shonen Jump only has so many slots in its magazine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and depending on how many long-running series are in there, uh, a lot of new stuff that goes into the magazine ends in 14 to 20 chapters. That's just how it is. Uh, yeah. That's how it will continue to be. Um, but uh, this year is very significant because a lot of the mo the longest running series in the magazine have ended. Um, just to put it in perspective, My Hero Academia is now the second oldest series in Shonen Jump. Oh my god! Being One Piece. Yeah, I've I I have extensive notes on this because I I have another video that I'm planning. Uh, <laughs> but My Hero Academia is currently the second oldest series in Japan in Shonen Jump, and it's only got like 250 some chapters. Like it's yeah. been around for like five years. Haikyuu is the second oldest prior to this, and Yuna of the Hot Springs after that, because um, Haikyuu had like 400 chapters. So that's been around for eight to nine years. Um, but uh, that being said, um, because so many popular series just ended, um, you had Demon Slayer end, you had Promised Neverland end, you had Haikyuu end. You I know forgot the that Promised Neverland ended. Yes, it ended um, around the same time uh, Demon Slayer did. It was like a week ahead or behind. Um, they also ended Samurai 8, which was Kishimoto's. We're never talking job. about that. We're never I, talking about that. <laughs> I I have a separate video plan for that as well. Uh, Samurai, Samurai 8, 8 is awful. just terrible. It was really good. Um, hot. But, uh, no, it doesn't deserve to be called garbage. It's 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 just or not even hot garbage. It's just I can't explain it. It's bad. It's a hot it's really bad. Um, but otherwise, like right now in Shonen Jump, there are let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, so there are nine series currently, although it's probably going to be eight, because I think one of them is about to end. Uh, nine series that have only been running in the magazine for a year or less. Um, and only one of those has been like for a year. Otherwise, the next one after that has been around for like, uh like 30 chapters so about three quarters of a year um and that's a lot um that's a lot of like newer series um compared to older ones in the magazine which is really good like it's finally a time where like some of the newer stuff has t room to breathe um and to like really develop into a potentially just awesome series um yeah so I, I definitely recommend it. Um, and that's why, like I said, you should definitely get the Shonen Jump app if you can. Um, there is also the free Manga Plus app, which uh, the only caveat, caveat with that is that um, Manga Plus only has like the first one to three chapters of a manga and then like the most recent three or so chapters. Um, so you, if, if you don't have access to the other stuff, you have to read it elsewhere like the Shonen Jump app. Um, the one reason I also bring up Manga Plus is that's the only place that you can read Ayakashi Triangle, which is another one of the newer series um, by the creator of To Love Rue and To Love Rue Darkness. Um, and I think it's because it's more Ichi compared to some of the other series. Um, but that's the only way that you can currently read it legally. Um, which, uh, at the very least, all of the chapters are there, so that's good. Um, 
but uh, because of that, at least we're able to read all of the stuff that comes out from Japan. Um, yeah. And the I'm last thing, oh. I'm definitely going to give it a shot after this podcast and take a look at it. For yeah. three dollars a month, it is super yeah. worth it. For three dollars yeah. a month, that sounds amazing. I would say right. it's one of those nice little microtransactions that'll go off in your account that you just won't care about. Yeah. You can read three thousand chapters of whatever you want in the span of a month. Yeah, like, that's fantastic. Um, the one, the one last thing I'll say, and then I'll be done on my part, um, is that through uh, Manga Plus and through the Shonen Jump app, there are a few series that are currently digital only. Um, although they are having physical volumes sold in Japan for like the actual volumes, they're not in a, a physical weekly magazine or anything. Um, so right now, the only way that we can read them is through the apps, and some of them are fantastic. Um, the one that is currently the highlight um, of like the literally the talk of everything is Spy X Family. Um, it is a oh, that's on my list shonen, too. Yep, it is a shonen series um, with a lot of comedic elements, and it is just sweeping Japan. Um, I believe the. Fr- no, I do know. Uh, at least the first volume has been physically printed in America, like it is in the West now. Um, but it is amazing. It is a digital-only series. I highly recommend it. Um, the other two um, that I'll mention, um, one of them is Ghost Reaper Girl, um, which just started. Um, there's three chapters out, and that one is made by the creator of Rosario plus Vampire. Um, that's one that interestingly interestingly enough reads left to right um compared to other manga that read right to left. it's it's a really weird but interesting inclusion uh and the other one that also just started is kaiju number eight um yeah um somebody else turned me on to that one um that one is only seven chapters in uh the next chapter comes out tomorrow so it'll be uh, eight chapters in um but the art on that is really cool so i highly recommend it um with either uh, with any of those three, you can read them on either Manga Plus or the Shonen Jump app. Um, but yeah, it is it has never been a better time to read manga, um, just because there's so much cool stuff that's just brand new. Yeah, and we'll end it right after my next statement. So the last two I do want to mention on Shonen style. Um manga that i think people should read especially since this one is finally fucking done quote unquote um is the pokemon adventures manga um oh yeah so because fucking all of them have been good some are better than others but the black and white saga is finally done 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 after taking so many damn years to finish yeah because it was taking forever for black and white to finish because they did black and white left ended it on a cliffhanger black and white 2 was in limbo for so long and it finally fucking ended and i'm so finally ecstatic about it so i can finally start reading sun and moon and i can finally start reading um x and y because i've just not read them until those were done and I can finally start reading like the Sequestment manga. So go read the Pokemon Mentions manga. And then the last one, which is the biggest one I haven't mentioned, is Fire Force. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's an amazing anime, and it's got an amazing manga. But 
this has been a great podcast. Oh, right, made by the creator of Soul Eater. Yep. Is Fire Force. But um, this has been a great podcast. I haven't talked to Jeremy in forever. Jordan (laughs) and I talk here and there, but this has been a great way to reconnect. Thank you both so much for joining me. Yeah, anytime. Um, I, you know, I'm a. I, I, I'm like I said, I've been watching him and reading manga for my entire life. Um, and it was a, it was a pleasure to be a part of this. So anytime you want to, um, jump back on the bandwagon, talk about anything, like I said, I'm a huge well, show. There's and- one that I would like to do in the future, and I'm looking at why I would want to do it now. I would love to talk about that early era tsunami and adult swim because I'm seeing two anime on my shelf right now, IGPX. And read or die. Yeah. So I think it would be a cool podcast to do is Toonami X um, Adult Swim early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And talk but about those anime. It's, be been, it's been a blast. And um, I appreciate you bringing me on the show. And um, I'm definitely going to go back and listen to this again. So yeah, um, I should have it out in like the next day or so. And I'm saying it on the podcast. So I'll get off my ass to actually do it. Um, <laughs> What but, platform are you going to be posting this on? Just so, so can, for people who don't know, we are on. Well, we will be on all podcasting platforms for the most part. Stitcher, I believe we're on. I believe we're on Spotify. We are on. I think we're on Apple Podcasts. You have to check. But anything that Anchor distributes to, we're on it. So okay. tell your friends, tell your families, families. Jordan, plug your plug your videos, please. Sure. So. Um... I have a YouTube channel. It's called Axel Ablaze Productions on YouTube. Um, it's where I have uh, a bunch of my anime and manga discussions. Uh, <laughs> I've been on hiatus for a year uh, due to various reasons. Um, but I'm, I'm getting back on the horse with that. Um, yeah, um, which I still actually have on the that YouTube channel. I still have our old Dorklist podcasts. They are still there. Yeah, um, if you want to see me and Jordan talk about stupid shit for like a long period of time, go watch the Darkless videos, even though nobody yeah. watched them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, other than that, um, no, I have Shonen Jump discussions on there, different anime stuff. Um, I will be uh, uploading in the future. I'm going to have a State of Shonen Jump uh, video that I talk about the current state of Shonen Jump. Um, talking about the series that are in there, the series that ended, and the new stuff that's coming up, um, which uh, plug to Bleach's creator, uh, Tite Kubo, um, Burn the Witch, uh, its four-chapter run starts uh, this Sunday. Um, so for people that are Ooh. interested in that, that's going to be back in. Um, I also have several recommendations for some of the new stuff that's out because uh, some of the new series that are in there are phenomenal. Uh, and I think are going to be household names uh, in the future. Um, so definitely stay tuned to that. Um, I do also still have planned uh, videos for talking about how Samurai 8 had the worst ending for a Shonen Jump manga ever. Um, I hold strongly to that. Uh, and I will finally uh, make good on making my uh, arc set anime forgot part two for Shield 21 since I left off on part one uh, because very few people watched it. And then all of a sudden over the span of a year, like over 180 people have watched it and they're like, when is part two? And I was just like, Oh, I got to make that. now. 
So, <laughs> um, so I'll be I'll make be making those videos. Um, I'm probably gonna try and uh, get to that after this video if I can uh, shower up and uh, do other things. Um, but uh, yeah, Axel Ablaze Productions. Um, I do technically have Instagram and other things, but I don't actively use those. Uh, and that's yeah. partly tied into the whole year hiatus, but uh, I will uh, be no worries. Uh, I will be getting back on that horse uh, as soon as possible. Speaking of which, I actually the the Nerd Rant Live now has an Instagram account. Um, there's not much on it right now, but we plan on doing podcasts for it. Um, so that is at Nerds Rant Live. Um, yeah, on Instagram. So give us a follow, and we will get some content on there very, 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 very soon. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been a great podcast, a great Wednesday morning. This will be up in the next day or so because you guys will all scalp me if I don't fucking do it. <laughs> Anyways, this has been Nerds Rant Live, not Nerd Rant Live. Nerd Rant Live is dead because I am no longer the only nerd on these podcasts. The other nerd is also uploading her stuff soon. Thank you all for joining me. Thank Jordan. Thank Jeremy. Say goodbye, you two. Bye, everybody. So all right. Have a good day, everybody.